This one, right? Can I ask you? Take this hat off right quick. Uh, I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna do to your bitch, boy. So can I ask you about some gay shit, though? Yeah. You're my resident gay. I am? Yeah. Um, is that the mission of Dom's to take those bitches? This, this, I don't even know if this is really... I'm gonna have her ass like this. She's not... She's not a fair representation. You look disappointed in her. I'm, I'm sorry, she just fell. Uh, I don't. I'm not disappointed in her. I'm just. I just hate that this image of a dom is always out there. Like, there's a difference, you know. There's a subtle difference between a lipstick lesbian and what. I would be considered, but I hate that that's always the representation. I, I literally, I really hate that. You're not as dommy as, you're not a stud. Can I use that word? Yeah, you can use it. You can okay. use any word. Shit, this hey. is the fucking podcast. You can, you, you can cuss, you can dyke no, it out. I just, I, I don't know. You know how, you know. Nah. I don't know if it's like blacks and nigga. Oh, you know. well. You can say the N-word here, too. I, I mean, I'm I not won't. trying to say it, but I'm, what I'm saying is I don't know if gay people are like, whoa, 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 we can call each other studs, but you can't call me a stud. I think the politically correct way would be that the gay community can call each other faggots, the gay community can call each other dykes, mm. butches, queens, queers, but it comes with a little tinge of hurt coming from the street community. So it may be, it may be a... Uh, cause for concern okay so i will say or bull dagger as someone in our facebook group loves to what the hell does bull dagger i have no idea what it means and we could google it and figure it out but i'm not gonna it's one that every time i see it in writing Uh. my my neck twitches a little bit because i'm like yo she like spelled it out (laughs) Like saying it isn't as bad to me as you taking the time to spell B U L L dagger. Right? Why we both freeze up on the dagger? Because just the bull part is actually not as offensive as that. Da- like dagger after bull just sounds awful. Yeah, just, but I, I'm I'm the opposite, I guess, because bull with anything associated with women, and and that's the thing, like. I don't I don't care what your what your style is or whatever. If you you know, if you're the type who wants to, you know, strap up your boobs and, you know, do your thing or walk around shirtless like gentlemen do and everything. I I find that very liberating actually, but you're always still a woman, you know, and, and I think should be respected as that. I think that some people unless you identify I'm sorry I mean to cut you off mm-hmm. but like, unless you and identify as trans and then I'll say okay I'll address you as a gentleman but as long as you're identifying as a woman I think we're getting closer and closer to the to a time where gender is going to be so fluid mm-hmm. and that maybe not our kids but our grandkids and maybe their kids are not even going to be identifying at all I think we're going to be, I hope that we get to a point where there's really not a lot of separation. There really aren't too many different sets of rules 
uh, for female and male, and that both men who want to dress like women and women who like to dress more like men and act like men uh, are a little freer to do that. I'm not going to say that uh, we should loosen up all of the separating factors or, or laws that are in place now, but I don't think, I mean, as far as appearance is concerned, why? Why, why is there such a huge um, line? Besides the fact of, you know, you may find yourself attracted to a cross-dresser, you know, that might be, that might raise concern for your own sexual preference for those people who are so offended by it, but... I, I dig what you're saying, but it's wild to me, though. I, I feel like a piece of it is to uphold that patriarchy. That part of that separation or part of that need for separation is for me to be able to say this is like a man, this is manly, and that over there is feminine. And that's exactly why yeah. I, I, I would like to see a time where we're not doing that. But it's so twisted, though. I think that, I think that you would not have politicked about this before though the stuff that people say in an attempt to be derogatory and the way that they reference women or they re reference men who they believe are behaving like women really don't make any sense like to call a dude a pussy like to know the strength of a vagina that really is the wrong term you should it, really call dudes testicles testicles would be the optimal word to use because they are so weak and fragile yeah. and tender like a pussy can take a lot. A pounding. It takes a pounding. <laughs> it takes a pounding. And uh, and we keep strolling. You know what I mean? And that well, stuff is interesting. Well, can we can we get into the show? Can we do our introduction? Because we, can we do went off on a tangent real we quick. We did. You said that you wanted to hear about it. Though. I did. I did. Unfortunately. I'm doing this for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So welcome to Reels and Feels. It's uh, the second week of February. This is our first official episode and hope to get this up pretty soon. Hopefully, you're already listening to it. Uh, so, welcome. I'm T. Greasy. My name is Janelle. And we're going to talk about things from a different perspective. We're not just a regular pop culture podcast or news newscast. What we're here to bring you is a different perspective on various topics. It could be music. It could be current events. It could be pop. But we're going to talk about these issues from... An emotional interpretation and then we're also going to give you a logical interpretation yes. so hopefully we provide some insight and it's not just about us talking shit and getting together we do love to do that and hopefully you'll get a couple of laughs out of this but it's really about trying to get people to think differently about certain things lateral thinking I think is the best thing we don't want a singular linear view you no. know and a lot of times if you're the type that like I am, I'm a very cerebral person. I'll completely ignore the emotional side. So what we'll do here is try to get a more rounded discussion on those topics that Greasy mentioned. So today, I brought a few topics to the table I want to discuss and run by you. We just uh, came off of Super Bowl weekend, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about Cam Newton, his performance. We're going to talk about Peyton Manning's performance, and then what happened after the game. So their responses to the game, and we're gonna get your take on how the game played out. Do you think it was a conspiracy theory? Um, there are a couple of people out there thinking that this was all planned, it was a fix to get Peyton the ring before he uh, rides off on his white horse. 
We're going to also talk about the halftime show. And then we're also going to talk about the commercials. So let's start out first with the game. Did you watch the game? I did watch the game. What was your take from it? My take was that it was, if you're a lover of the sport, you were able to appreciate the defense. If you are a casual football fan, I could see where you would think it was a very boring game. And why, why would you say that? Because I think, you know, for people who just jumped on and they were like, oh, Cam, he's dabbing, he's making me smile, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling hip, I'm feeling urban. You want to see him be <laughs> dynamic, you know. And the Broncos' defense didn't allow him to be dynamic. And you're not going to get, I think people who've been watching the season understand that you weren't going to get that from Peyton at all. You weren't looking, oh, Peyton about to show out, you know. So, um I think people expected that the game would turn out much differently, though. I think they expected Cam to, to score a little bit more. And, and I, I, honestly, I think there were some people who thought that Peyton may have been playing a little bit, uh, what do they call it? What's the word when, you, when you're faking it? Mm. You, know, like, you mean playing down <clears throat> his injury earlier in the season? Right, oh. in order to show out for the final game. Like, these are all conspiracy theories. I don't, right. I, I don't really pay too much attention to it. And, and the big thing uh, around halftime, I started seeing tweets and Facebook posts saying the fix is in. Do you believe that any in, in the fixing of the game or conspiracy theories surrounding the outcome of the Super Bowl? Well, I think in all sports. I think the sports were our original reality TV, and much in the vein of how reality TV is just unscripted, but they set up scenarios to create interest and create a narrative that'll be interesting to watch. I do think that that happens in sports. I do think that certain things happen that will rally people in the direction that the sport wants it to go. Um, there's, I, I don't, I feel like I'm not a conspiracy theorist so much as I feel like there are times when strings are pulled. Um, I don't think it's a mistake that shortly after Katrina, you know, New Orleans won. I don't think that it's a mistake that shortly after the attacks on 9/11, the Patriots won. You know, I don't think that these storybook endings of people's careers that are beloved by the NFL or NBA or anything, I don't think that they happen by accident. I think that sometimes the scene is set to make it easy for certain things to occur, but I won't go so far so heavy into the fix. I mean, part of that is kind of a fix. I mean, part of what you're explaining kind of leads right into the theme of this podcast is that we got to make America feel better. We have to make the football audience feel a certain way. And in order to dictate that story, we want to have New Orleans in the Super Bowl after Katrina. We want to have the Patriots win after 9-11. I mean, these are kind of, I mean, these are, you sound like you believe in this theory. Well, I, I believe, like, to a certain extent, but I'm not the one that's like, Oh, yeah, you saw when they flipped that coin, such and such and such. You know, you got the people who are like, yeah, the refs are doing this. And the call was made. Goodell said that it has to be this. You know he came into the locker room at halftime and said, you know, I'm, I'm not at that level. What about those people who would say Cam Newton plays balls to the wall for 16 games, gets to the Super Bowl, fumbles the ball, and appears to not want to recover it 
because that replay has been that specific play has been replayed several thousand times and it's only Tuesday I think there's a lot to that that whole narrative I think Cam has been the person to watch for a lot of reasons so I think that gives people some fodder to jump into understanding the game of football understanding the position they were in at the time of that fumble understanding (coughs) sorry understanding what it does to your body it's the last game it's the it's the championship game he should have dove for the ball he looked at it and then appeared to say no right Mm. come on it's the super bowl this is it but this I'm gonna is, need these knees next year. I need these knees when I got these Super Bowl, and I'm gonna have somebody drop to their knees and service me after the game. I don't need these knees for the service. He still got blown after the game. I'm pretty I'm sure it did. And sympathy blowing is yes. not the same as championship. It's not blowing. champion blowing, and I've done both. You know, so, <laughs> um, I'm blowing you like a champion. It's a different experience. It is a different experience. I mean, championship blowing could be multiple blowings by multiple miles. You're dealing with sympathy blowing is usually one. And y'all Alcohol both have, is involved. Y'all both lot. have the crying Jordan face. Right. The crying, she's got the crying Jordan face. You got the crying Jordan. Your balls got the crying Everything involved has the crying Jordan face. And you don't want that. Okay, moving on from the game. So you don't believe in a the conspiracy theory, but you believe that the story may have been set up. I believe it's way. unscripted television, yeah. Unscripted television. So love and NFL. Yes. Okay. Moving on to the halftime show. Did you watch the halftime show? I did watch the halftime show. What did you think? I'm going to tell you what. I like my men usually to be over 5'2". But what I learned about Bruno Mars (laughs) is that a young young Lilliputian man... That moves like that. You know what? Isn't he Tongan or Hawaiian or something? I don't know. He didn't get the deal that most people from that region get. I know we've talked about this before, and I hate to sidetrack you in the middle of your thoughts, so please hold that. But mm-hmm. we talked of often because I saw some crazy-ass stat years ago. I think it was on 2020 or something. It was probably false. False as hell. Stating something like 40% of Tongan men who play football. It was Pacific Islanders. Pacific Islanders. I remember that. Will wind up in a D1 school and of that have a greater chance to make it in the NFL. And we discussed this because the Pacific Island are, they're not, they're poverty. They're not a rich Mm -hmm. group of islands. Mm -hmm. So we talked about possibly flying out there and adopting too. Now, Mm -hmm. if we had done that back then, I don't know how many years ago this was, and say we picked up Bruno Mars, I would have been pissed off. No, because look at him. Well, I would not have fostered a musician. I would have fostered, you would have fostered a ball player. A ball player. His, with his little frail body, you would, would still keep him? He's like, that's what we made this trip for, huh? Right. I made this trip to get me an NFL player, not to give me a, 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 a Billy Badass Coke snorting Michael Jackson slash Prince impersonator. I didn't I didn't want that. I went to I want went to those islands to get me a football player. But I'm sorry, I sidetracked you back to your requirements of height. Okay. What what what's going on? 
No, just you. You kind of that was kind of funny, man. <laughs> kind of funny. Okay, well, it's looking here. I'm, uh, uh, our producer here just gave me some information about the fact that uh, Bruno is indeed half Puerto Rican. Oh. Um, well, actually, his father is of Puerto Rican and Jewish descent, and Damn. his mother um, immigrated to Hawaii from the Philippines. Oh, so he's not even. So I wouldn't even gotten him. No, you fit. wouldn't. You wouldn't have gotten. Oh, Bruno. I would have been pissed. You wouldn't have gotten. Him. I would have. No, I mean, if he was there, and I had to pick one out as a baby, and you probably would have, because he would have. Probably had cute little curly boobs. And he was bush. probably a fat baby. Like, oh, yeah. oh man, that would have pissed me off. Probably had nice cheeks and everything. Oh. You'd be like, what the hell is this, right? Oh. Are you finished growing? And Do then... I send him back when he's 17 and I've discovered that he's not going to be... No, you hear him singing in the shower and you say there might be something there. You have way more confidence in my... In my sensitivities did not do I know you would have set them outside absolutely (laughs) okay so the show go back to the halftime show the halftime show yes Uh, Bruno was dynamic he's got a level of funk that I just gotta appreciate but you know me personally you know that I appreciate the dance I like a person who can move the dance I like the dance and uh, and he did the damn thing Um, what about the fact that he basically came out there and sang the same song that he did for the show, right? Maybe. I thought that was brilliant because he knew he fucking could. Okay. I thought that was brilliant. Why am I gonna drop? Beyonce's dropping new shit, mm-hmm. you know. Coldplay's got new shit. How much shade? And I know it was unintentional. I know Cole. I know Chris Martin and Beyonce and Jay are like besties. They're besties. They're neighbors. And maybe this is less about shade. But you know what? I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that Beyonce shaded anyone. I'm going to say that Chris Martin is such a fucking brilliant person and he knows himself and knows his band well well enough to know that he cannot manage that stage. That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought, I said this was a stellar move by Chris Martin because he knows the nature of his band and he knows that their sound is not one that is conducive the Super Bowl the sound, by itself. It was crazy as he has so many hits, but when you think about it, every I've never been to a concert, so I can't really speak to it personally, but of the footage that I've seen, he's always at a piano. He's always at a piano, and, and I think that's what I said. He knows his performance style. He knows what they do. He knew he needed reinforcements for something like the Super Bowl. Now, I was like, uh, my brother-in-law's watching the game. My producer's making a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Gerasmo. <laughs> Uh, I I was at my brother-in-law's house watching the game and when the showtime, when the uh, showtime, halftime show started, I was surrounded by, you know, a bunch of blacks, Mm -hmm. a handful of Puerto Ricans, but mainly a bunch of blacks and they had no love for Coldplay. It blows my mind. And, but, and I, and, and it's one of those things where You've heard these songs. You can't say that you haven't heard these songs. You can't escape some of those cuts. Clocks. Yeah, you can't escape it. Yellow. Right. La Vida. That song I'm, I'm was huge. You. I'm with you. And they showed no interest whatsoever. I'm sitting there tapping my foot. I was Gerasmo singing along. I was like, I, I get it. You're excited. Calm down. I was ready to jump on the They couch. asked you to get it together? They did. Mm. I had to get myself together for Coldplay. Yeah, man, I just, you know, I partied. Um, I watched the game with a cat. Mm -hmm. 
and the cat actually told me to relax. Oh, the cat put yes. you in place. The cat uh, gently placed her paw on my hand and said, please, you're making an ass of yourself. You know, we're going to talk about the cat later and who's really in charge because that relationship is so out of sorts. It's so out of sorts. I feel like I'm being judged right now, but, but we're gonna, I'm going to swerve it back to the, to the halftime show. Okay. I thought that... First of all, I think formation is a is a dope cut, mm-hmm. and you know me personally, and you know that I'm not one who goes all out for all things Beyonce. Not I, at I all. understand that she's a human being. Right. There are songs that she has that I love. There are songs that she has that I'm, eh, and there's songs that she has that I can do without. I like formation. I like the video. You like the video. I did. I did. I did not like the video. I like the video. I thought I thought it was a good departure from what she usually does. Of course, she's going to give you dancing with a bunch of women. That's always going to be there. But she gave a couple departures that I appreciated. I didn't understand all the backlash that came later. I didn't think that the performance was that political. Chicks with afros. But see, my life is that where I see chicks with afros with all black on all the time. I don't. I, and and you know what? That's the thing. I think. For people who aren't used to seeing women in afros all the time, it's abrasive. But that gets into a whole nother discussion that yeah. I don't want to have right now. You let's, saw my eyes. Yeah, right? I saw your eyes. Yeah. So let's table that because we can that can spiral off into a whole nother. We can do an episode on why black women with afros is abrasive yes. to some people. But yes. I think that imagery combined with the theme of the choreography, which I, I have to admit, the choreography in the video, I wasn't too much of a fan, but or in the during the halftime show, that military style mm-hmm. uh, set that she did with, with, the, with her background dancers mm-hmm. was pretty dope. It was very dope and apropos for formation. Absolutely. I got it. Yeah. That part I got. So yeah. when I finally... Went ahead and looked at the videos. I hadn't seen the video. Mm. So I, I went from that imagery to going to see the video, and I was kind of, it was a letdown. When I saw the video, I felt like the performance segment with her and the dancers was secondary. I feel like everything had been put into place first. Right. And then that was like the add in. But yeah. Right. But as far as the performance went, I thought it, it was really good. But it's amazing to me, though, that. When you're so associated with perfection, the little hop that she had during her battle with Bruno garnered so much attention. It did, and but I it worked in her favor. It worked in her favor, as most things do. But I think, like, if I were Beyonce, um, I would be, I would sit back and be like, "Damn, I'm so watched." I don't know if I would be overwhelmed in a good way or a bad way, but I would be thinking, "I'm so watched." What do you mean? wouldn't know whether you would be overwhelmed in a good way or bad way because that sounds crazy to because me. by that by, by now i'm sure she's used to it oh come on this is i almost fell and bust my ass on the most watched television show at of, of the year and part of the reason why it's the most watched is because i'm here but do you think she's abandoned her own humanity though i don't think it's about abandoning humanity i think I'm approaching this from a whole nother level. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm approaching this from a sideways track. I'm looking at this as, even if I fail, bitch, I'm still Beyonce. Exactly. Because 
the memes that came afterwards, they weren't even doing Imagine this. Let me back up. Imagine if Chris Martin fell. There would be no room. The assault on the NFL would be relentless. If, if Chris Martin did a, 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 a look like he was about to trip, the assault on him would be relentless. The memes would be nonstop. And don't get me wrong, there's some pretty funny memes out there, Beyonce. But it's all innocent, funny. There's nothing. I've not seen anything mean-spirited. Well, nobody wants the beehive to come after exactly. them. Exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. It's like that she can't lose. I, I know, but I just... I'm, but you also ought to understand I'm an introvert as well. And I would just be like, that would be draining to me. To know oh. that I'm so watched. She's not. And, and I think, yeah, and I'm I, sure she's used to it. I'm sure she's used to it. And then she keeps a lot of her... Pro, a lot of other business private. Yeah. So that when she's Beyonce... When she's Bianca, she's introvert. When she's Beyonce... Yeah. Then it's all out for the world. You know? I I, I agreed her... I, 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 I agree with you there. I think that if there was anyone else... That garnered that, excuse me, that garnered that kind of attention. I think I kind of smelled that over here. It, 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 it was awful. Um, that, yeah, it would be a little bit draining. For me, yeah, absolutely, I would be draining. Yeah, I'm speaking as accountant Janelle who gets noticed by no one. <laughs> and then I would be like, oh my. But that's, yeah. That's not true, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, well. All right, so Bruno Mars comes out, does mm-hmm. Uptown Funk, mm-hmm. he battle dances. With Beyonce and you for a second, I forgot Coldplay was there. I uh, didn't give a fuck that Coldplay was there. Right. And um, but that points to how major Coldplay is because I think they knew that that would happen and it doesn't matter. And they have a new album out. They got they a new songs album out that they want to promote. Yeah. And they tried it out. Beyonce. Okay, so I, I hate. <laughs> I'd hate to. to you have to marvel at some of the moves that she's made over the past four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, no announcement, no marketing, none whatsoever. And she's one of the few artists. There are several rock bands who do this, who have done this in the past very skillfully. And so she's taken her, I think she's taken the lead from these these rock bands mm-hmm. who do this all the time, which is... Your fans are you have your fans are so engaged. Mm-hmm. You don't need to put on any commercials. We don't need a trailer. You don't need to put uh, 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 posters up at a bus stop. None of that. The same machine isn't necessary. Absolutely right. not. She's at the fucking Golden State game. Golden State versus the Thunder. She has on these big blue blocker ass type sunglasses sitting in the front row. Un fucking bothered Mm -hmm. never on her phone at all sitting next to her husband enjoying presumably just think she's enjoying the game Mm -hmm. her fucking song drops Mm -hmm. the video drops on title only so Mm -hmm. you know i ain't watch that shit Mm -hmm. nothing nothing not a peep not a smile not not a a t-shirt right not (laughs) Not a a shirt shirt saying check out for like get information Mm -hmm. right Nothing. nothing no clues no. Just there watching the game with her husband. Fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the game here with you. Mm-hmm. And my phone is going the fuck off. 
And I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at, you know, Twitter tells you something such and such retweeted this mm-hmm. a million times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this bitch is just sitting here, unfucking bothered Then she shows up the next day for the Super Bowl, blows the wigs back on all of her fans mm-hmm. with that performance, <clears throat> excuse me, and announces a tour. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... <laughs> Coldplay is the headliner of this halftime show. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's all I can say. And a year from now, when you ask who performed at the Super Bowl, Beyonce. people will say Beyonce. Absolutely. Yep. Fucking Beyonce. Yep. She's bananas. I love it, though. And, that, and that's the thing that I can never falter for. I do think there's, you know, there's so many similarities between Destiny's Child, Beyonce, Supreme's. Diana Ross, that a lot of her fans who are young, mm-hmm. who are, you know, the millennials, I guess, they, they can't draw that parallel. Maybe they don't know a lot of their history about the Supremes and mm-hmm. Diana Ross and things of that nature. And not to say that <clears throat> there's, you know, 100% parallel, but there is there are a lot of similarities there. To see this thing replay over again, mm-hmm. it's amazing to me. It's, I mean, you, you it's a cycle. It's it's. It's exactly what happened. Diana Ross was the biggest star, the biggest solo star, pop star of, of the her 70s. era, yeah, yeah, in that era. So to see her come from a uh, a majority R and B background, much like Diana, and then break off and be this huge pop star, is 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 very riveting to watch. It okay, is. so we're gonna move on to uh, the commercials. Did you pay attention to any of the commercials? Um. I didn't. I didn't care. Um, I didn't care to look at them online beforehand. But what I, the few that I did catch, um, like Janelle Monae's Pepsi commercial, she's she's Janelle Monae. Cool. It could it could air during that. It could air during anything, and I would say I appreciated it. But do you think we're tainted? I think we are. I think I think. People who bought ad space didn't go all out either. Do you think? Uh, okay, so I have a couple of. I have one theory, not a okay. couple of theories. I have one theory on that. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. George and Weezy kind of murdered me, though. George and Weezy is dope. That was the only commercial that I actually paid attention to. Yeah. To be yeah. The um, <clears throat> I think the one of the reasons why the uh, the big businesses who bought space toned down their commercials for the Super Bowl is because of the Janet incident. I think everybody's radar is heightened. None of these commercials have pushed the limit since that since the since Nipplegate. It has not been anywhere anywhere remotely close to as naughty or as as, as taboo as even push the push the dowel at all since then. The FCC got its ass handed to them by soccer moms and everybody backed down. Sidebar, when we discuss black women and their hair, we've got to discuss the black titty being as powerful as it was. Oh man, time. the black titty and there was no nipple. No nipple. The black the power of the black titty was amazing. There was no People nipple. see Miley Cyrus titties all the time and nobody and gives nobody a damn. Shit. Nobody's calling to get the Grammys shut no. down. No, she has her titties out 
probably 363 days in a year. Her titties are out cares. right now, and nobody cares. Titties out in front of the camera right now, and nobody, and nobody cares. cares. But that one, one time with Janet's titty, wow. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna really dig into. Yeah, we're gonna get into black titties in the mama and, complex. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, the commercials they didn't move. Well, I'm lying. Dan Marino getting his groove on with Missy. I kind of like that. Did you like the introduction of Missy's new song? No, because I think she's doper than that. It was too small. It was too small. She's still Missy. She's still Missy, but okay. So you didn't like the introduction. Did you like the song? I didn't get enough of it. I don't. I don't know. Pep Rally is dope. Okay, and I didn't get that from the commercial. Pep Rally is pretty pretty dope. I think it's one of those things where it was it. it she had to leave it up to us to find it got you but you knew what to look for i knew what to look for. right definitely and that was enough and, and pep rally is kind of a throw back to uh, old school go-go kind of a socket beat mm. it's really nice i think you fuck with it heavy heavy mm. so the commercials didn't move me either i can't even really think of one that made me laugh out loud literally i, I smirked at the at the Weezy thing. Mm-hmm. You know what got me the most? It was Jeff Goldblum performing the song. Just the way that he we're moving on up <laughs> to Weezy. Well, we have the history of people walking in this house singing uh, songs in the show to fashion. Yes, yes. So, yeah. I, I can see that being. <laughs> I can see that being. <laughs> I can see that being. Uh, uh, one of your favorite things. Yes. Okay, so <clears throat> I was scrolling through social medias today. Uh-oh. And I came across two Netflix things that completely got me wide open. All right? So I'm going to start with the first one that really, really got me excited, which was there's a document, documentary. Documentary? Documentary. <laughs> documentary. <laughs> Do- there's a documentary on... <laughs> You just murdered our producer. Jerasma, are you okay? Okay. <laughs> There's a documentary on organized noise coming out in March. Mm-hmm. The 22nd on Netflix. Queen Latifah's production company actually put this together. I like it. Yeah, already. The list of interviews include all of the Dungeon family, including Sleepy Brown, Rico. Yes. yes. Uh, you're gonna get uh, Goody Mob, Cee You're gonna get Outkast, of course. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get L.A. Reid, of mm-hmm. course. You're gonna get Usher. You're gonna get T.I. You're gonna get that whole Atlanta clique chiming in on organized noise and oh, their contribution to hip hop. And I believe the spin on the trailer that I saw was like they're getting they're, they're rebuilding and getting back into it and trying to reclaim their their sound and, mm. and launch something spectacular in the, in, the, in the near future, which I'm really excited about. That would excite me. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even think people, like one of their best production pieces, an album, probably sold the least. In my opinion, my favorite, mm-hmm. who the black, the Mr. The Blackberry Molasses Kids, the group that spawned 
Bobby Bobby Valentino. Valentino. Right. Yes. I love that album. The organized noise sound was so prolific and so profound. But the killer was the talent that they were coupled with made you like being an outcast fan, just for example, being a goody fan. Those albums had a rebirth for me many years after they dropped, because when I was first examining the lyrics, I was only appreciating it on that level. And then I came back and appreciated the sound. Okay, so we have the exact opposite. Mm. You know Take my style, it. though, because you know I'm a lyric head, period. I know you're a lyric head, and I'm not really... I, I, I do appreciate the lyrics, but the first thing I delve into is the music. Mm-hmm. The, the, the chords, the harmonies, uh, where did they get that, especially if there's a sample involved, which organized noise wasn't really all that prolific in sampling. That wasn't really their thing. It really... And that's what really took me aback. Between them and Timbaland, when Timbaland started to ease out of sampling and, mm-hmm. and do his own create and, and experiment with other sounds. I think those two production groups just completely changed the game for hip hop and R&B as, 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 as there was just nothing that sounded like it. Much like Teddy Riley did in the late 80s, early 90s with mm-hmm. the new Jack Swing, there was nothing that sounded like it. And so it just infiltrated your whole, your radio for a long time. True. I would say 90% of the day was organized noise. True, true. <laughs> I mean, if you really, really think about it. Yeah. There was a, they, they owned a couple of summers. Yeah. Actually, and, and you And you came to look for that tick, tick, followed by that. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, hold up. Where <laughs> you know where this is. You know what this is. Right. You know where it's going. So I'm really excited about that documentary. Very. And uh, that's March 22nd on Netflix. The other documentary. That is that going to be the new style for that that's word? That's how I'm going to say it. Because oh boy. I didn't like the way Gerasmo looked at me. Okay. So I'm going to keep saying it like that because mm. I'm ignorant. Um, it's on Netflix now. Is Chelsea does rape, and this is Chelsea not rape, rape? race. Oh, okay. Race. I mean, wow. Drink it, <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> that I was been drinking. I ain't been drinking. I been drinking. Not at all. So Chelsea does race. Gerasmo is writing something vigorously, <laughs> with vigor. You can almost hear it. I actually do hear it. Yeah. So. And that's on Netflix now. It's a two-part. <laughs> okay, Gerasmo our, our might producer, need a mic. Our producer just murdered us. <laughs> but you know what? She's helping us out. She is. Because she wrote a note to make sure I didn't have a stroke. <laughs> so the note says, smile. Did you have a stroke? <laughs> and I didn't. Thank you very much for your concern. So Chelsea Does Race is out now. It's on Netflix. It's a two-part miniseries, I think. So I'm gonna really many mini series. It's a mini mini series. <laughs> and the the clips that I saw were pretty funny. And a lot of people don't like Chelsea. A lot of 
black folks have started to get really sensitive when it comes to white comedians and joking about race. I like that she's tackling this head on because I think we need to get out of our own way with this one. It's brave. I think white people are the ones who need to be talking about race. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk about it all the goddamn time. Yeah. Isn't it about time? Okay, so racism... Uh, you don't really solve racism when the person, when the people who are experiencing the most just keep talking to each other. Right? Yeah, we're talking amongst ourselves. Right. It's the same with feminism. We can't. I don't want to just talk to women about how men treat us. I need to. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. And white people, y'all got some explaining to do. <laughs> really, honestly, I mean, start talking. It, it would be nice if it was. I, I like her approaching it. I think by going the comedy route, it takes a little bite off of it. So takes maybe the edge off. You know, maybe she's taking taking the, the the easy road that way, but she but that's what she out, does. She comes out. She has come under fire in the recent years for a few of her jokes. Her and Sarah Silverman and mm-hmm. a couple of other comedians that I can't think of right now. But I think we're getting Amy this Schumer. wasn't a thing. Yeah, Amy yeah. Schumer. This wasn't a thing six seven years ago. It's all of a sudden a thing. Well, and again. we get to, and black comedians get to make jokes about white folks all the goddamn time. All the time, but again, I think part of what it is too is um, you're, you reference women comedians. Mm-hmm. I think that plays a part. Absolutely. Who's my man uh, who was in the, um, the Think Like a Man movies? And he just got drafted to the black folks. Gary Owen? Yeah. He's able to speak on race in a way that I think a lot of white women aren't. I think that's because the black race drafted him or traded him for Stacey Dash, which I'm not opposed to. I'm not mad either. Um, And I think, you know, I think him being married to a black woman lends a little bit to his credibility as well. um, And And that sometimes, sometimes that's not fair. That's not, not fair to Gary. Yo, let me tell you what's 100, though. As a black woman who has dated white men, mm-hmm. it doesn't go the same way. Really? It doesn't. Really? Really. I bet his wife gets a lot of flack, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought she was talking about something else. But, yeah, I'm oh, pretty no. sure she gets... Women don't get the love for crossing over. <laughs> no. It's how could you <laughs> not stay with the brother of my sister? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but nuts. I do want to check out the. I do want to check Chelsea doing race out. Yeah, and then maybe if she does do rape, we'll <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'll come out soon. Okay, so music. We're gonna jump right into music. We're doing good on time too. Uh-oh. I'm really, really excited about that. Cause we've got a great producer. Yeah, she's over there producing. Yeah. New music that's come out. How, how many new albums have you listened to? That how many albums have you listened to so far this year that were released this year? In 2016. In 2016. I have listened to one album that has been released in 2016. What was that? We Are King. How did you like it? Don't break my heart. You gotta break. I really, really, really love it. She didn't break my heart. I really love it. Oh, yes. And uh, I really appreciate it. I listened to their EP. You put me on Uh back in the day. And um, 
when I was like, oh, okay, the record's coming out, the album's coming out, I was excited. And I was not disappointed at all. You know I'm old school. You know my style. You I know. know. It's perpetually 91 in, it's my, 91 in my head and my heart. They don't have any physical copies yet. How were you able to deal with that? Uh, you know, I got my trusty little, my little machine here, my little stream of machine. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do that without any help. Well, Precious helped me a little bit. I was about to say, Precious yeah. probably signed you Yeah, up. the cat is a little more tech savvy than I am. It's but her Spotify account, right? It is her Spotify, yes. <laughs> Thought so. Yes. Um, but when the CD does drop, when I can get a physical copy. I know. You'll be the first one at Best Buy. They press up five CDs. Every every artist presses up five because they know I'm going to get one. For you, your brother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Their mom. <laughs> yeah, so we are king. I, I'll actually listen to the album. They streamed it. NPR streamed it. And, and shout out to NPR, but their streaming sucks hey really that's did. not what they do i know but it was awful and it was the only place i could preview the album before i actually bought it i pre-ordered it as soon as they tweeted a date i was on it. i was on itunes getting it so i get the song i get the stream i listened to it probably three times that night mm-hmm. and i was just blown away they're so untouched and unindustried Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're three very creative young ladies. A set of twins. Yes. I think the twins are Paris and Amber. And then Anita is a friend that they met along the way. Okay. Paris is the musician. They're all musicians. Mm-hmm. But Paris is the primary composer of the music. She's freaking amazing mm-hmm. I don't know how she does it the arrangement the vocal arrangements are bananas and she does her thing so much so that when they released this EP probably four years ago it was a while four years ago they caught everybody they caught yeah. everyone's attention and you know within within a week they were opening up for Prince it's crazy but that that's a call that I wouldn't be able to deal with dude you'd have to get me off you, you, you'd have to you'd have to come and get me First of all, when he when you get the phone call and, and Prince's manager is on the phone. I'm hanging up on you first because you, you somebody bullshit me. Somebody sent you to bullshit me. Hi, this is Patrice. I'm the manager for Prince. And Prince wants you to... These uh, nuts. Click on... Yeah, that's so how that goes. then they call back and then Prince is on the phone. Mm. Hello, Paris. No. No. Are you hanging up then? I might. I okay. might still. Well, what you were just listening to, I just turned on the right one, which is the opening track, and one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, that song is bananas. If you if you are into R and B, if you are into soul music, because I think this is soul. This music. is definitely soul. And music. it's kind of a throwback to. It reminded me a lot. A lot of uh, what Paris does reminds me of old school Stevie Wonder with like. Uh, trying to think of some songs like songs in the key of life type stuff and i know that's a huge mm. comparison and people want to listen to this and roll their eyes but trust me if you like good music you'll like we are king next up since that is that the only new album you listen to it's the only album that i've heard in 2016 okay so there's a couple of artists um that have dropped uh 
albums very early. So we have F. King, Rihanna, mm. Tank, and a gentleman by the name of Anderson Pop. Are you familiar with him? I've heard the name, yes. Anderson Pop, uh, I believe he's a member of TDE. I'm not sure if he's technically a member. I know he does a lot of work with TDE. Might be satellite. Might be satellite, something like that. Okay, so Anderson Pop sings a lot of the vocals that you hear on Kendrick's albums. If you mm-hmm. hear someone singing, I used to think it was Kendrick Lamar because the voices sound is as raspy, and yeah. I thought it was. I was like, oh, okay, Shorty can sing, but it's Anderson Pop, and so I was very, very interested in seeing, you know, trying to find out a little bit more about him. I go to the SoundCloud page. I pull up a few tracks. It's not my thing. I'm not going to say it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. That's fair. There's a little, it, it's, and maybe it needs to grow on me. Uh, the new album is called Malibu. It's getting rave reviews on Soul Bounce, NPR, all of these huge R&B and soul blogs. They love it. it, it it's thumbs up. And mm-hmm. I usually agree with them. It's just not my thing. Okay. So, I'm telling you, because we don't always have the same taste. I'm going to check it out, though. Right. I'm going to check it out. I think you might, because it's so, it's, it's, it's outside of the realm. It's, it's, it's king and then it's plus C squared. Oh. Exactly. Oh. Not that that made any sense. Not at all. Uh, I'm intrigued. Rihanna dropped the album on us, like, she kind of beyonce us. A little bit. A week and a half ago, maybe a week ago. A little Something bit. Something like that. With, uh, uh, she dropped work with Drake. Mm-hmm. You heard that? Mm-hmm. You like it? Yeah, well, uh, t- <laughs> just, no. <laughs> okay. No, so, there's elements of the song that take me back to a place that I love. Flex. Exactly. Yes. Um, love. Yes. But I don't <laughs> like Rihanna's voice on it. I do, however, appreciate you don't like Drake Rihanna's on voice. it. Admit that. No, I'm not going to do that because I liked her voice on skin. I thought it worked. Okay. See? See? Okay. There's times when I'm I'm appreciative of her voice. But this was not a time where I was. Okay. I'm always appreciative of her side titty, but side, not always her voice. Side titty is always appreciated. Yes. Yeah. Well, not always. Rihanna's side titty. Yeah, because so you can all titty and good titty. No, everybody. No. You don't want my side titty. Ooh. Um. The album dropped. Anti. Anti. Yes. There are. 13 cuts, I believe. I legitimately fuck with 10 of them. Oh, that's nice odds. That's nice oh, numbers. Man, I, I didn't think I would. And, and honestly, I had to I had to listen to it a couple of times. And it, 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 it three of them had to grow on me. Okay. Okay. And so, so they spread seeds like. Yeah. Like a chia head when yeah. you first listened. And okay. and the more I listened to it, and I think I approached it from, you know, the same way I approached Beyonce's album when she dropped it all of a sudden. It was like, oh, man, well, Beyonce had visuals, so it mm-hmm. helped along the way. Mm-hmm. But Rihanna's anti 
was so unpop. Mm. I had to, I had to, I had to go back to the place where, oh yeah, that's right, she does do this. You came in with a pop ear, right? Got it. Yeah, so I had to re, I had to step, I had to back up off of it and sit my cup down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reapproach it from a R&B level, and was able to really appreciate it even more. Now her pop fans probably not gonna like this one. Got you. It's not, I don't hear one pop tune besides possibly work. But okay. work is really reg, is really dance hall influence. So yeah, yeah. If that doesn't, for lack of a better word, pop off, then... I see what you did there. Hey, then I don't know if this will garner the type of success that her past albums have. Hmm. It'll be really interesting to see how they fare against loud against um you think she's got the power to bring the crowd with her i think to a certain degree i think she will and the only reason why i'm hesitant honestly is she gave it away for free Mm. she gave it away for free um so those numbers may not be the same Mm -hmm. you know talk that talk loud uh rated r all had pop songs yeah and huge ones. Yeah. So this one is not really going to give you that. I don't, I don't think work is big enough to give her the same type of feedback that those other albums gave her. But I think she has enough to for this not to be a failure. Got you. Got you. If that makes sense. It does. And I, I wonder... This album is so good. I wonder what she removed from it. Because this album was supposed to come out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. She had been hitting and hitting and dropping singles and dropping singles and went back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she dropped. I mean, obviously, uh, if you picked up the album the night it dropped, you got, ten, you got 13 cuts. If you waited that Friday for the official release, there was a deluxe version that offered you three more songs and you need to go get the three. If you only have the 10, go back and get the three. Okay. Because they're really good. Pose is ridiculous. Okay. And Sex With Me is amazing. Okay. Well, I mean... It's a... You, you kind of yeah. got to frame that up a little bit. I know. Different. Okay, so the song is called Sex okay. With Me. Yeah. We don't want people getting the wrong idea. The song is amazing and then she also says Sex With Me is amazing. So... Don't get that confused. But the album is dope. I think if you're a fan of R&B or soul, that that should be one of the things that you pick up. Tank. Tank is going to tank. Figuratively or literally? (laughs) I mean, he's going to do what he does. You You get a certain product from Tank. I'm starting to feel like that brand of R&B, and I hate to sound like this. Uh-oh. I, I don't know if I like it anymore. I think you have to really, really hmm. hone in. You really have to blow me, blow it out of the, blow me out of the water. <laughs> uh, in order for me to appreciate some of these songs, I like Tank. I like the way he sings. I think he's a brilliant writer. Right, right. 
But I listened to that whole album three or four times, and then only two songs stuck out. Stuck out. The one with Sean Stock. It was that. The, the Smile one again, B. <laughs> Sean Stockman. Mm-hmm. Uh, called I'm Already in Love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's another song called Better Me or something like that. So it didn't even move you enough to nah, remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even move me enough for me to remember the second title. But, okay. Uh, but I've always had that relationship with Tank albums. It, it's been like, you know, I'll buy them because I want to support him. He's a local guy. Better for you is the song. Mm-hmm. So he's a local guy. I want to support him. I like the fact that he writes very well. I like the fact that he sings very well. And I want to respect that artistry and support him. However, I don't like his albums. I like two songs. And he and, and that's that's kind of been my history with him. I get it. And you're right. He's a throwback to a style of R&B that there needs to be something dynamic for it to fly. And and not even dynamic like pop-wise, but no. dynamic like R&B-wise. It's the same R&B, reason why yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Trey songs. Yeah, it needs to be another element to it. You need to have that. You need to have an it. I think Usher has that. Um, Usher is kind of pop, too. He's kind of poppy, but his R&B stuff, his stuff that's pure R&B stands out for me. No, I think you're just... There I, you I go. Think, no, I think you're You're going to tell me what I'm thinking? Uh, I, t- I think you're holding on to Confessions. And Confessions was a long time ago. Well, you know what year it is for me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's dropped a lot of albums since Confessions. And the R&B songs on those albums... Have not but I think what I'm feeling way. like though is confessions, those songs will always be good to me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that you have to have a certain element to make R&B the kind of stuff that has legs, that's going to hold on. And I don't think the Tank does that for me. No, no. He makes forgettable music for me. Oof, that's pretty strong. That, that was a, harsh? No, that's a little strong. And I, like I said, I, I like the dude, and I think my personal... I think you were a lot harder than I was. I don't... I, you think I was harder on Tank than you were? I think you so. said he made forgettable music. What the hell? You you said, I like two songs. I like two songs. <laughs> and you named one. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's true. Touche. Oh. But you said he makes forgettable songs. I can remember one. <laughs> so your statement isn't exactly correct. Fair enough. Oh man! So we already discussed formation in our discussion about the halftime show. So we don't even need to get into that. Your boy is coming out with an album this year, or at least they say. Who's my boy? Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking it. for Black Summer's That's what's night. coming out. So we're finally getting summer? We're, we're finally getting summer this year. In November, probably. Maybe winter. But... <laughs> I, with Maxwell, I believe it when I see it, man. Really. Uh, That's is, where he is with me. He's, he's on D'Angelo time right He now. is. But see, what he where he has me is that I will listen. 
Oh, absolutely. But I can't jump when they're like, yeah, he's coming. I, no. That's like, you know, you know, like you waiting to get picked up. And you see be like, lights. oh, there you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> no, that ain't him. There you go, there you go. That, I, I can't do that. I can't play that game. Maxwell's broken my heart. You know what's fucked up about the whole Maxwell Black Summer night? Yeah. Is. That was such a dope concept, too. It, it, it was if, if he did it. If he, if he followed if through. If he fucking followed through. And. And and I and was was the first album a disappointment? I'm trying to think why would he back up off of the concept? I'm gonna have to Google the, the sales. And I don't I'll know. Bring that in the next episode. I don't know, but sometimes you just gotta move with the art, though. I know, but god damn it! I mean, don't tell me that. I'd much rather. Get my music the Rihanna slash Beyonce slash YouTube way. You're becoming one and of them. I, because don't tell me it's coming and then it doesn't. And then it don't come. That's, that's true. That's my issue. I, you know how YouTube just YouTube <laughs> was it YouTube producer? You woke up one morning and YouTube's album was on your phone, whether you wanted that shit or not. Yeah, that that's for you iPhone guys. I know, but yeah. that shit fucked me up. But I, I also thought it was. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. And it's the same way when Jay Z dropped uh, Magna Carta, Holy yeah. Grail. Yeah, it did pop up on it my Samsung. Yeah, so yeah. I, I like I like being surprised. Okay. Okay, I'd rather just wake rather up. Rather be now. surprised and disappointed. Absolutely. Because I was kind of sitting there with my mouth open, like, <gasps> so I'm going to come, so I'm going to come. And it didn't come. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing with, I mean, you know, just wake up in the morning and you. And you your phone's got all types of notifications from people already talking talking about it. That's great. I like that approach much more than somebody saying that they like Usher's album. Where's Usher's album? Crickets? He was a good kisser two years ago. Mm. Where's the album? Hey, man, but wait, you, you brought up D'Angelo, though. Mm-hmm. I'm jive fucking with his puff of smoke style. You, you like the genie? I'm liking how it just boom. I'm here. I'm, I got the vanguard with me. I got the black messiah. Then boom. You don't hear nothing else. You know that's drugs, right? I know it's I know it's cocaine, <laughs> okay. but I'm saying as long as you I, I'm as clear, long as you know what's stirring. At. I'm clear that it's the cocaine. Okay. But I like how he's in there. He did a couple dates. Now you don't hear it. Damn thing. Not, not a goddamn. <laughs> we hear a damn thing. I didn't. I don't even recall seeing a fucking video. No, there was no visual. He was in all black. I think he was at the show. It sounded like being. <laughs> like we were there, right? It sounded like him. I think he was at the show. It looked like him. Yeah, man, and 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 then he was gone. He's gone. He's Kaiser Sosa. He was Kaiser Sosa. Yeah, type of thing. man. That's crazy. So. Let's wrap this thing up then. So, I'm all for it. Overall, how would you grade the Super Bowl? A, B, C. I give it a strong C. It passes. It passes. For it to be the fiftieth Super Bowl, you Ew. give it a C. That was supposed to be a milestone, yep. wasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, we got to drop that down. Uh, you could still pass with a D, all right? In yeah, high school, I'm gonna give it a D minus. Okay. Yeah. I think it was uneventful, except for the halftime show and I think you run the risk when your halftime show is that big 
when you have more people tune in for your halftime show than the actual game, Gee. you run the risk of saturating, completely saturating the game, which I think has already happened. Um, what do you give the commercials? A, B, C, D, F. I give those a Q. Q. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the new music is, you know, I, I did kind of spring this episode on you early, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to give you to Grade King because that's all you've listened to so far. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you the other stuff mm-hmm. so you can listen to it. But, King. Uh, you know, the, the, the A plus is kind of cliche. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where it is for me. It's A plus. I think so. Yeah. So you can put it on, press play, and ten years from now, that'll still be in my rotation. Ten years from now, still in. Ten years ago, two thousand six. What album are you still listening to from two thousand six? I'd have to see when stuff comes out, but okay. just to give you a little bit of how I go. What um, okay? What old school album? <laughs> Are you listening to? Because that's more. I still got John B in heavy rotation. Ooh, which one? Ah, uh, cool, relax. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I still have pleasures you like. Yes. In heavy row. Um. In heavy row. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, hip hop wise. Let me tell you how fucked up I am. What's up? I still have the low end theory in rotation. Ah, uh, that's a classic. I listen to butter. Yesterday. That's a classic, and that beat is fucking yeah sickening. Um, I've honestly the past week and a half I've had this new these new uh, albums mm-hmm. in rotation, but previous to that, uh, I was listening to Illmatic, uh, pretty regularly, and mm-hmm. then I was also listening to oh what is his name? What is his name? This is going to drive me crazy. Look at you now. I know. Oh, damn it. It'll come to me tomorrow when the mic isn't on, and mm-hmm. that's going to piss me off. Mm-hmm. But okay. I was listening to uh, Nas Illmatic and uh, actually Janet's new CD, which is relative, it's relatively new. It came out last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to get, get myself pumped and amped for the show. We have to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Because I kinda like that. Yeah. Yeah. I got it and, and, and it it initially didn't didn't rub me right and I'm starting to like a few things mm-hmm. on there. So I and I actually have that in the car at all times just to if I'm bored with whatever I'm listening to, I'll throw that throw that album on. Uh Monica, Code Red came out mm. at some point. I think that was late last year. Mhm. So that's been in the in the rotation too. Um, old, I think the only old school thing I've really been listening to is Nazomatic. It's just you can't go wrong with that. I've been listening to Jeanne. Mm. I've been listening to Kindred. Mm. You, you know what my life is like. Dude. Yeah, man. You I was know. thinking about popping in Embria at some point <laughs> this year. Girl. This year. Girl. <laughs> this week, actually, not this year. Uh. I think that's an underrated match. Let me bust your head. Let me tell you what I've been bumping. Color me bad. You said bumping. Yes. Color me bad had three songs. Girl. And I don't even think they were all on the same album. (laughs) So how are you bumping color me bad? Non-digital girl. How the fuck are you listening to a color me bad? Easy. 
I've been listening to Color Me Bad. Neil damn it. Moore was like a maxi <laughs> single. <laughs> Fucking Sex Me Up was on New Jack City soundtrack. What are you doing? How did you piece this together? The Precious make you a mixtape. No? Okay. <laughs> Gotta talk to Precious, man. She's been fucking with my equipment again. I'm pretty sure. That's what she does. Color me bad. Color me fucking bad. Oh my gosh. You know, I let you ride with John B. <laughs> I fuck with John B. So I, I'm biased there, but color me bad. Color me bad. Oh, do you know what's so funny? Every time I think of color me bad, every time I have like a, a, a 50 year old or 40, <laughs> a 40 year old party like a birthday party and, and and the audience is like roughly 40 and over mm-hmm. i'll play sex you up mm-hmm. and they lose their fucking mind and it creeps me out this the beat is dope right mm-hmm. the beat is dope but the way they dine and like the way they like dance and wind their hips is really Ooh, the grind gotta be ugly it's pretty <laughs> gross because they got bad hips now shit is breaking down it's it's not a good look but we got sidetracked again so can you give it a? I'm gonna give Rihanna's album a B. I'm gonna give Tank's album a D minus. Damn. I want better from him. I want better for him. And for him. I think he's fine. And my thing is, you're a great writer. You're getting money no matter what. Mm-hmm. You write for Chris Brown. You write for a whole host of other artists. How do you feel about that? No, we'll talk about Chris Brown. Well, oh, we'll talk God. about that. <laughs> Did you listen to that album? Oh, Because we'll get into that oh, next boy. episode. Jinkies. Okay. That was the worst shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. So, Beyonce Formation, you give the single a what? I give it a B, a solid B. I give it a C plus. Okay. Off the strength of the performance, and I was let down by the video. I know that mm, probably shouldn't. It has an it has a impact. But it, it makes it sense. It, it did. I, I, it really did. So... That's the episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, people. Uh, we'll try to get this up as soon as possible so that you can listen to it and all the things that we talk about are still relevant. Um, I'm T. Greasy of Reels and Feels. This is my co-host. Chanel. Of Reels and Feels, our producer, Gerasmo. Thank you very much for checking on me. I appreciate that. Never want your host to stroke out in the middle of recording. That's a bad <laughs> look. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, We'll be seeing you next time, people. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Thank you.